the decline of trust in technology, and what that means for digital healthcare. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Ben Pring, author, futurist, and director of the Center for the Future of Work at Cognizant. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Tanya. Great to be with you. Well, thanks for joining us. So start by explaining what kind of work does the Center for the Future of Work do? Yeah, we're a group in Cognizant. Cognizant's a very big technology company, technology services, 300,000 people around the world. My group, the Center for the Future of Work, is a kind of think tank that looks at leading edge technology, how it's intersecting with business and economics and society more broadly, and you know, provides white papers, reports, books, videos, presentations, really talks about the leading edge of technology and how clients, people we work with, can take advantage of it. Based on the 2021 Edelman Trust Barometer, trust in the technology industry has sunk to an all-time low. What do you think caused that? Yeah, I think this is one of the most kind of interesting issues in a way in technology and business at the moment, Tanya, the fact that tech that we all kind of love, we all know and love, we all work in, many of us work in tech. I've worked in tech for my entire career, 35 years, more years than I care to remember. And uh, we all know the power of technology. We all know what it can do for good. We all know that through the pandemic, you know, the ability to keep on working, leveraging the cloud, leveraging Zoom, leveraging all these platforms, that sort of kept us going, really. You know, imagine the pandemic before this kind of technology that's so central to our lives. But we can also see, unless you're the most sort of Pollyannish, the most utopian, the most sort of one-eyed vested interest, that a lot of the technology that we love is kind of going off the rails a little bit. Um, the rise of artificial intelligence, a lot of people are kind of worried about what that's going to do to jobs. The rise of data, you know, data is key to personalizing a service for us nowadays. But the flip side of that is the sort of notion of surveillance. And people are increasingly conscious of that, increasingly aware of that. And then social media, which again is a sort of double-edged sword. It's um, it's been terrific in connecting us, creating community again, you know, really importantly in this, this, this pandemic period. But that notion of the crazy end of social media, what it's doing in civil society and politics, its role in kind of what happened in DC in January, the impact it's having on kids. Um, we can see that and, and that's very worrying. And I think that Edelman report kind of reflects this concern that this very, very powerful thing in the center of our lives now, in the center of our work, in the center of our society is sort of getting away from us. And we need to kind of grapple with that and figure out how we can continue to use it in a positive way and not let the kind of dark side, the downside of it, overrun us, which would be bad for everybody and would be bad for people who love tech like us. The pandemic accelerated the growth of digital access to healthcare. What are the implications to telehealth if the public's view of the tech industry is tarnished? Yeah, that's a great point and it's a great question. I, I think that there are stats that say that in February 2020, 2% of Americans had had a telehealth consult. And the numbers now are probably over 50%. And I think a lot of people, me included, would say that the tele 
medicine consults I had last year were actually preferable to going in and sitting in the doctor's office for half an hour and, and waiting for that in-person uh, meeting. So I think it has a real role to play going forward. And I think on the other side of the equation, the, the, the medical profession itself can see the positive role that can play. So again, this notion that tech uh, has a downside, has a dark side, has something that we've got to kind of tame and manage is really, really important for us to be, again, able to kind of uh, leverage the upside of this in, in, you know, in, in the medical world, which is gonna be very, very significant, very powerful, very positive, and not allow it to be swamped by the dark side, which would kind of take it off course and probably uh, not uh, end up in a situation where we can really use it in a meaningful way, which a lot of people have kind of benefited from personally, and I think the medical industry itself has benefited from. You mentioned security earlier. So at a time when data breaches and ransomware attacks occupy the headlines, will people ever trust tech giants? Amazon, well, a, Apple, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think that's absolutely right. And again, it's the sort of un, um, underrepresented part of this whole story, the, the digital future that we're building kind of rests on pretty insecure foundations. And we can see this in our personalized hacking. We can see it in uh, in business contexts where you know many organizations are kind of held to ransom. And we can see it at a, um, a, a geopolitical uh, layer as well. So this is very, very significant. And I think the simple truth is that we haven't paid enough attention to this historically, and certainly in the last 10 years or so. If you think about the IT budgets of most big organizations, typically in the range of about six or 7% of their revenues. And then within that, cybersecurity spend is probably another 5%. So market capitalization of a business of 50 billion, 100 billion is actually resting on a very, very small number, spend number to secure that market capitalization. The simple truth is we all individually, corporately society need to spend more money, pay more attention to actually making sure that the foundations of our digital future is secure. Because if they're not, again, this is gonna undermine trust. It's uh, are going to undermine our ability to move forward into a future from which we could all benefit. You, you said repeatedly that we, we need to pay more attention, more attention. So then what recommendations do you have for the tech industry to begin rebuilding public trust as it relates to digital health, for example? Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that we're calling for and we think is missing a piece of this equation at the moment is what we call the Federal Technology Administration. Um, if, if you're familiar with the charters of the FTC, the FCC, they don't really address anything that we've been talking about, anything that's particularly related to data, to algorithms, to cybersecurity. In a way, those organizations have a charter from the past of, of, the, of business rather than the future of business. And so uh, I think the notion of putting in place uh, regulation, rules, umpires, who understand the game that's being played now, understand the future uh, and, and how it's shaped is really, really important. And again, people know who know the sort of uh, the history uh, of how we've regulated food and, and drugs 
will know the story of how the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, was created almost 100 years ago, when people realized that not regulating food in the supply chain, not regulating pharmaceuticals in that supply chain, were causing all sorts of damage. I think there's a very simple kind of corollary between the, that world and this world now, and we need to put in place the infrastructure for the modern world, again, in the context of trying to keep us able to use this technology in a positive way and not allow the dark side of it, the downsides of it to kind of overwhelm us. Ben Pring, author, futurist, and the director of the Center for the Future of Work at Cognizant. Thanks for joining us, Ben. How can people find you? Uh, I'm at, uh, at Benjamin Pring on Twitter and uh, all roads lead to Twitter, so you'll find me there. Don't they all? Thanks again, Ben. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.